You are listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. Resonate is a collegiate church planning network in the Northwest. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at resonate.net. Hey, Resonate, it is good to be with you. Uh, I hope you're doing well. We are glad you decided to worship with us tonight. Uh, Our expectations are high, and all things considered in our world, honestly, uh, Good Friday could not have come at a better time. Uh, We need to be reminded of this story desperately. And I think for us, uh, this, this weekend offers us an opportunity to look back on the most important weekend in history, and we're glad you've joined us to take part in that. Uh, Often we talk about this weekend and we focus on the events of what happened and maybe we talk about how it happened. Uh, But tonight I want us to answer the question of of not what happened and not how it happened, but the question of why did Good Friday happen and what does it teach us? So if you have a Bible, could you grab it and turn to Galatians chapter 3 and we will be there in just a moment. Uh, As you're turning there, uh, I want to tell you a story about my kids. Uh, Two of my daughters, they go to the same preschool in the city of Pullman. Uh, And when you go to pick them up, the teachers have a very specific way of releasing them to their parents. And so you walk into the house and you uh, you sign your kid out. Their their preschool is is in an old house. And then you go into the room where all the kids are. And one of the teachers is over here and she has the kids in a circle reading a book. And then the lead teacher is over here. And so when the lead teacher sees the parent walk in, they they call to your your kid. Uh, They say, hey, Lucy, come here. And so Lucy comes over. And then the lead teacher takes Lucy and she sings her uh, what's called the blessing song. And here's the song. It says, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you always. May the Lord bless you, Lucy, bless you every day. Uh, And then she offers a high five or a hug. And then the kid gives a high five or a hug. And then they run to their parents and they are released. And so uh, this song, this this blessing song comes out of the book of Numbers in in the Bible, Numbers chapter 6. And it's known as the priestly blessing. And this was God giving a word to Moses, and Moses was supposed to give this word to Aaron, and Aaron was going to speak this over the Israelites. This was, this was a blessing to be spoken over the people, to be sung over the people, telling them about kind, God's kindness for generations. And, and it's this little kid's song about God's kindness and about God's blessing uh, that, that, that sung over them. In this little kid's song lies one of the hardest and saddest and darkest truths of all of Christianity. Because in order to have a blessing sung over us, it means something that has been paid for us. In order for kindness to be offered to us, it means something has been exchanged for us. In order for us to be kept by God always means that something's been accomplished for us. And Galatians chapter 3 clarifies what that is and why Good Friday is so significant for us. So starting in verse 10, it says this. It says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God, because the righteous will live by faith. But the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. And verse 13 is is the crux of this passage. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. This is a profound declaration over us. And it goes all the way back to the story of creation 
Uh, When Adam and Eve sinned, there was an exchange that happened. All that was good and holy and beautiful was, was given up in an instant for all that is broken and dark and sinful. And because of one man's disobedience, Adam, now the whole world is under a curse I don't know if we think about that often, but that's the picture in Scripture, that the first thing sin brought into the world was a curse. A curse was God's response to mankind's disobedience. Uh, We might often think of curses uh, as foolish or weird, or maybe you picture something like witchcraft or voodoo dolls or superstition. Uh, Maybe you don't even believe in curses. Uh, But listen, we're not talking about Sleeping Beauty and Maleficence and candles and seances. We're talking about something much worse than that. Uh, We're talking about the ever-present reality of God's punishment for those who are disobedient. That's what a curse is. One more time. A curse, biblically, is the ever-present reality of God's punishment for those who are disobedient. Ever-present. And so why, why did the cross have to happen? Well, because we were under a curse, We were under the ever-present reality of God's punishment because we had been disobedient. And that curse was given to us at birth. We didn't even earn it. It just came to us. And then in our lives, we earned it. And that curse was leading us to the grave. So to understand the curse motif is to understand the heart of the gospel. Because we're still seeing that curse played out today. In In our lives today, it looks like a world that's broken and hurricanes and disaster and cancer. And we have bodies that don't work like they're supposed to. There's disease and there's pain and there's brokenness and sin has fractured everything. And sin has touched everything and sin has broken everyone. And so the the curse that that the Bible talks about is not just God's ever-present reality, uh, you know, God's punishment over what's disobedient, but the curse is also the way the Bible describes what is the ongoing, ever-present brokenness in this world. And listen, if we're honest, we feel it. We know this world is not like it should be. You feel that. You're drawn to to love stories that tell you that that good is going to overcome evil, that it's not all going to be bad forever. Things aren't as they should be, and we're drawn to that. We're moved by stories where the curse is broken. It's the reason why all of us cried at the end of the Avengers Endgame, when you think that that it's over and Thanos is going to win, and at the last second the army shows up to overcome evil, and we're wiping away tears, and we don't even know why, because we don't want evil to win. We want curses to be broken. It's in us. It's around us. And I submit to you, it's God calling us. And it's God inviting us to see the real story. Because in in the story of bad news, that there's a curse in the world, there's also good news that even under the reign of a curse, a covenant is offered. Even under the reign of a curse, a covenant is offered. There is a possibility of a way out. Uh, We see this in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Uh, Verses 1 through 14, it talks about uh, fulfilling the law, obeying God's voice, keeping the commandments. If you do that, God says, you will be blessed, you will be taken care of, you will be completely in connection with me, it's going to go well for you. So, So here's the covenant, here's the offer. The covenant says, if you obey me, your life will be nothing but an experience of divine blessing, divine joy, divine benediction, if you Uh, honor me and obey me, that's what's offered to you. But then the story turns, and and I don't know that we like this term, but this is also in the scriptures. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, so after all the good stuff happens, verse 15 happens, and God says, but if you don't obey me, here's what happens. So in verse 15, 
It says, however, if you don't obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all the commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all of these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city. You'll be cursed in the country. Your basket and your kneading through will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed. The crops of your land will be cursed. The calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks will be cursed. You will be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. That, that's not a passage of the Bible that you put on a coffee mug and drink from every morning going, yes, this is God. This is the glorious good God who provides cursing on all of these things. Uh, but it's part of the story. And I think that's so important for us on Good Friday because many of us, uh, we, we believe in a God who is infinitely capable of blessing, but infinitely incapable of cursing. And this, this might be why we don't talk about curse very much. This might be why we want to rush through Good Friday to get to Easter. Because it seems cruel or it seems mean. It's like, why would God do that kind of thing? But we have to recognize God is holy and God is just. And breaking his law and breaking his covenant had a consequence. And that consequence was to live under the curse. And so if you really don't want to understand what it means to be cursed... I think the simplest way to understand that is to look back at Numbers chapter 26, to look back at that kid's song and recognize how profound this is. So in Numbers 26, it says this. It says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So this is the song that's sung over my kids every day. And this is what it means to be blessed, that God's face would shine upon us, that he would be gracious to us, that he would, he would meet with us face to face and we would know him that intimately. We would walk in that ever-present reality of God's connection with us and the union we have with him. That's what it means to be blessed. And if you kept the law perfectly, that is what is offered to you. And so when you see what a blessing is, you can kind of see what a curse is in the opposite form. And so here's the truth of Good Friday. The Son of God, who was the very incarnation of the glory of God, became the very incarnation of the curse of God. The Son of God, Jesus, came into this world and he was the very incarnation of the glory of God. On Good Friday became the very incarnation of the curse of God. And so we look at this this divine benediction of may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the light of his countenance be upon you and give you peace. And we see that is good news. Listen to me, church. That is only available to us. This divine benediction is only available to us because on Good Friday, Jesus Christ took upon himself the, the supreme malediction. And so on Good Friday, it's, it's, it's as if Jesus heard this. May the Lord curse you and abandon you. May the Lord keep you in darkness and give you only judgment without grace. May the Lord turn his back on you and remove his peace from you forever. That's what Galatians 3 says. That he redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So listen, Jesus redeemed us not simply by being cursed for us. He became the curse of God. He internalized it. And I know that may not be easy for us to digest, 
Because when you think about the cross, you want to you hurry on through it because that form of execution uh, was reserved for the worst criminals. And it was a humiliating way to die. It was a torturous way to die. It, it was one of the worst things that the ancient world had produced in terms of killing people. And it's broken and it's hard for us to look at it. But unless you look at the cross, you don't see what your sin mandated and what your sin created. You don't see the necessity of salvation. You don't see the penalty of sin unless you recognize that Jesus was cursed and abandoned for you. Then you can no longer say with any sense of confidence that the Lord can bless you and keep you. The only way the Lord can bless you and keep you is because the Lord cursed and abandoned him. And that's what Good Friday is teaching us. And this is not an easy story to digest. This is a story that's incredibly difficult to teach to children. Uh, a few years ago when Harper was our only child, uh, we were going through stories of the Bible trying to teach her that Jesus was powerful. At the time, she was struggling with being afraid of the dark. And so we're telling her like, hey, Jesus has power over darkness. You can speak the name of Jesus and you can feel his power protect you. And so we're telling her all these stories. And I remember telling her about the story of Jesus, like calming the storms. I'm like, listen, Harper, there's a story where Jesus is out. He's sleeping on a boat. The, the waves come and it gets crazy. And the disciples wake him up and Jesus stands and he tells the wind and the waves to be still and they obey him. And Harper's like, wow, dad, that's crazy. And I'm like, it is crazy. He's that powerful. And I tell her a story about a demon possessed man running up to him and Jesus casting out a demon. She's like, wow, that's a crazy story. Or you tell a story about uh, Jesus touching a person with leprosy and he has the power to heal leprosy and he has the power to heal the blind. And then you tell her the story of Lazarus where Lazarus has been dead for three days and Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And he walks out of the grave. That's how powerful Jesus is. And I'm telling her this stuff and she's like, wow, these are crazy stories. Jesus is powerful. He can totally help me from being afraid of the dark. Yes, he can. And then you get to the story of Good Friday. And you've got the disciples who gather that night and they take the Lord's Supper and that's beautiful and powerful. And then you go to this, the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is betrayed by Judas and they have the guards that show up. And this is the classic setup like all the other stories that I've been telling Harper. But then ultimately the guards take Jesus away they wrongly accuse him. They falsely try him. And he finds himself being beaten and ultimately taken to the cross. And there's this moment in the story where the guards are taking him to beat him to be crucified. And all, it's, it's, it's like all of a sudden Harper, like the lights come on and she like sits up in, in her bed and she looks at me. And she's like, Dad, why doesn't Jesus use his power? He can make them go away. He can get through this. Is this the part where Jesus uses his power? Why doesn't he use his power? And it's in that moment I say, baby girl, this, this, is, this is the quintessential story of Jesus using his power. This is the most powerful thing Jesus ever did. Only Jesus had the power to take on the judgment of God. Only Jesus had the power to take on the darkness of God. Only Jesus had the power to drink the cup of God's wrath. Only Jesus could handle all of mankind's sin being put on him. And he becomes the curse for us and fully exhausts the wrath of God on our behalf. This is the story of Jesus's power. Because we have to realize and internalize that Jesus didn't just 
feel forsaken on the cross. He, he was forsaken. He didn't just feel the curse. No, he became the curse. And to be in that place and in that darkness, like even in the Bible story, it says like the lights go off, like there's darkness that surrounds the land and there's an earthquake when Jesus dies and the, the veil in the temple tears and, and that's what's happening. There's a curse that's being taken and there's a blessing that's being offered and there's a curse that's being absorbed so that there can be an invitation given to the world. There, there's no way for us to understand what Jesus went through in that place. But Good Friday is our opportunity to try. And it's our opportunity to, to recognize personal responsibility for what Jesus went through. And for us to say, it is because of my sin that he had to go to the cross in my place. And Jesus took the curse I deserved so that I could take the blessing he deserved. So th this is the story. That, that if anybody in the Old Testament perfectly obeyed the law, they would live under God's blessing completely. Well, Jesus was the once and for all perfect person to live out God's design perfectly. And he fulfilled the obedience demanded of the covenant. And then he offered us the blessing of the covenant. And he took on our disobedience. And you may have heard that before. And you may feel like, yeah, Josh, isn't that just like the, the gospel story? It is the gospel story. But we need to be moved by it again. That Jesus took the supreme malediction so we could live under the supreme benediction. That's why we worship. Because we're no longer under a curse. We now live under the cross. So, so here's the story. I, I don't know if, if you're tuning in and, and you, f you find yourself not able to believe in Jesus and you're trying to figure out this God thing or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time but here, here's the story you will either bear the curse of God for yourself or you will flee to the one who took the, God, the curse of God in your place you will either bear the curse of God for yourself or you will flee to the one who took it in your place so a believer in Jesus is simply this a believer is one who has fled to the cross to find the blessing of God because under the cross, we have the one who's taken our curse. That's it. So there's no other way. Jesus did not believe there was any other way for us to receive that blessing. He had to take on the curse for us. And so I've said this a few times, but I want this to land so clearly. Because the Lord Jesus was cursed for us, God Almighty could say, you're blessed. Because the Lord turned his face from Jesus, he could show his face to us. Because the Lord punished Jesus, he could give us peace. And so I, I go back to watching uh, Harper when she was in preschool, experienced the blessing song, and now Lucy when she experiences the blessing song. And when I came to understand this reality of what God did in the cross and what Jesus did in taking our place, uh, I know this seems absurd, but if I go pick up my kids and I watch them run to their teacher and their teacher sings to them, May the Lord bless you and keep you always. May the Lord bless you, Lucy, bless you every day. I'm moved by that. I'm moved by that. Why am I moved by that little kid song? I'm moved by that cute little kid song because I know that the most 
costly blessing in the world that is sung over my children was paid for by the blood of the Son of God in their place. And that blessing is sung over them, and it's not a hopeful blessing. It's not if they grow up and be sweet little girls and do enough good, then maybe they can have that blessing. No, that blessing is theirs. And that song is not just a song. It is a house that is built on the foundation of Good Friday and what Jesus accomplished for us. And that blessing song is available to anyone and everyone because Jesus' death was enough It was once and for all, and it is now available. Life eternal is on the table for the whole world. That means that the worst of sinners can stumble to the cross, and the blood of Christ will not back away from them and say, oh, no, no, you've done too much. No, the blood of Christ says, I can cover that too. And you may say, Josh, I don't know how, you don't know how terrible my story is. You don't know what I've done. And and I don't, I, I don't know what you've done. But I know what Jesus has done, and I know that what he's done is enough. And so, yes, we have sinned. No, we are not worthy. No, we were not obedient. No, we could not receive this blessing on our own. But the good news of Good Friday is that we had a God who entered the story for us and who took this in our place. And so I want to tell you, if you're you're questioning whether or not you think God loves you, Look no further than Good Friday. You can know God loves you because Christ died for you. You can know God loves you. And you can know that a divine kindness and a divine blessing is offered to you because a divine kindness and a divine blessing was taken from Jesus. So we want to live that. We want to know that. We want to worship God because of that. And so I hope that today you're moved by that. And I hope that again today you look at the cross anew and you recognize that this is the gift of God to those who believe. It's freedom and it's an opportunity for us to walk with God forever. So I want to pray that we might be bold enough to repent of our sins. We might be bold enough to see the cross again. And we might recognize that we no longer have to stand before God hoping that we did enough but we can now stand before God knowing that Jesus has done enough. And that is great news. Life is on the table for the whole world. And that is great news. So I want to pray that we might experience that tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of Good Friday. And God, we recognize it was a gift to us and it was not a gift to Jesus. Jesus took a curse so that we could receive a gift. And God, I pray that is not lost on us. I pray that is not small and insignificant to us. But God, I pray that that is the foundation by which we build our lives. That you loved us enough to send Christ for us. So Lord, let us look again to the cross tonight and be moved again by how great a love you had for us. I pray that we can do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. If you are a college student in the Northwest, or if you simply want to see college students come to know Jesus, please connect with us by visiting Resonate.net.